Well, good morning. Welcome back to another edition of our Anchored in the Word Morning Reflection. And um, this week, we're only going to do this passage of Scripture in three parts. And what I'd like to do on Thursday and Friday is I'd like to look at uh, the Sunday evening message, which is uh, talking about the story of Ruth. And I think that you'll find that to be very encouraging. So um, this is uh, a shorter. We typically stretch this into five pieces, but we'll, we'll, we'll simply do it in three. And then, Lord willing, tomorrow and Friday, uh, we'll look at the Ruth passage. Because I, I think it's a really good passage, and uh, you'll find it to be a great blessing. So um, we're going to finish this out by reading the passage one more time, Luke chapter 1. Uh, verse 26, and then we're going to look at how, how Mary just humbly embraced what God um, had called her to do. And all of the pieces that were an essential part of that, she was willing to accept it. And I want us to notice her words because I think they're very powerful and a tremendous example for each of us. So here's what it says. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee, blessed art thou among women. When he saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. Behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great, shall be called the Son of the Highest. The Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? The angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee. The power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Behold thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her, who was called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. Now, in, these pa in this passage, I'd like us to focus in on the last little piece. And that is the way that Mary responds. In verse 38, it says that Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. What's Mary saying? She's saying, I don't understand everything, but I'm willing to accept what you have for me. And, and I think this is one of the great struggles that we have as Christians many times. We say things like, I want to be in the center of God's will. I want to do whatever he wants me to do. I'm willing to give my life to the Lord, no matter what that means. But when we make statements like that, many times we don't consider the implications of those kinds of statements. And for each of us, it's a little bit different. The, the thing that God calls us to do, and when I use that, I don't mean like, like in the same way that God came to her through an angel that he's going to do a thing like that with you and I. Uh, but what he does do is he, in his providence, works in our lives so that there are certain things that we are entrusted with and certain opportunities that we're given, seasons that we encounter. Some are good and some are bad. Some are difficult. Some are painful. Um, some are uh, things that involve a lot of, a lot of struggle. He takes those things and he uses them in our lives. And so what does Mary do? She simply says, be it unto me according to thy word. I'm willing to accept what you've just said. In fact, when we look in verses 45 to 50, notice the way that she puts it. She says, blessed is she that believed. She shall be, a, a, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. This is Elizabeth speaking. And then Mary says, 
my soul doth magnify the Lord. My spirit hath rejoiced in God, my Savior. He hath regarded the lowest state of his handmaid. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. He that is mighty hath done done for me, done to me great things, and holy is his name, and his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. Now, this is not a woman who's in her 50s or 60s, who's lived a very long life and has learned a lot of life lessons. This is a teenager who is saying these things. She's saying, I thank God that he privileged me to have such a position and such an opportunity. That's an amazing thing to say. And when Elizabeth is talking to her, Elizabeth is a much older person. She says, you have believed what God said and you have embraced it. And, and that's, that's an example for all of us. So what we see is that Mary stands as an example on how we should respond to God when his plans disrupt our comforts. And when he calls us to be disciples, this is an example of discipleship. And discipleship is a willingness to follow Christ with an absolute, unreserved submission to his purposes and ways. So in, in Luke 14, 33, he says, Who, whoever he is that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. Or in Luke 9, 62, Jesus said, no man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of heaven. What, what do those verses look like in a practical situation? Well, they look like Mary. The situation where here is what God wants you to do. Here is what you've been entrusted with. And she says, so be it, Lord. I will do what you want me to do. That's discipleship. And so I asked this question this morning. What is it that God has entrusted to your account that may be difficult, may be painful, uh, maybe it's involving a lot of struggle, and you feel like quitting and giving up and, and throwing in the towel, and God says, no, do that. God says, embrace it. God says, submit to me in, in this purpose. What would that be? And I say, what, what can we take away from this? Well, what we can take away is that God calls us to lay aside our perceived rights and comforts and our ease and the material prosperity that we feel we may be entitled to. And he chooses to, to work through people. He works through people. And this could lead us through all kinds of different circumstances. You know, how, how difficult people come to become Christians. Well, God uses other people who may have to encounter tough times with those people. Or how does an unreached group of people receive the gospel? Well, he sends a missionary who makes great sacrifices. How does a person who is stubborn become a humbled person? Someone who is out of fellowship with God become a restored believer? Well, the answer is that God uses people in that. How do broken relationships get mended? Again, God uses people. God accomplishes his purposes in a fallen world through individuals who say, I'm willing to embrace what God has for me. And so I want to encourage you this morning. Let's be, uh, let's be, tr uh, let's trust the Lord and let's be um, disciples who are willing to make that sacrifice. I guess I'd put it that way. Let's, let's embrace what God has for us, his will for us, even if that may mean that we have some challenges we're encountering. That's my challenge to you. So Lord willing, tomorrow we will look at the Ruth passage and then on Friday we'll do the same thing. Have a blessed morning and I hope we'll be able to see you tomorrow. Bye now.